Do you love romantic suspense? I am always up for romantic suspense that has that perfect blend of, you guessed it, romance and suspense. And I feel like one author that really does that good is Danny Petrie. And she is today's guest on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm super excited to welcome back to the podcast, Danny Petrie. Thank you for joining me again. Thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm really excited to this. Like last time we talked, you did give us a little, little teasers and little glimpses into your upcoming series, Jeopardy Falls and really highly anticipating that. So I'd love to ask you more about it and like, what can we all expect in this upcoming series? Sure. So it is um, the first series I've done since Alaskan Courage that has a family. Um, and Alaskan Courage was the McKenna's. Um, the Jeopardy Falls family is the McLeod's. I apparently like MC words, which didn't even plan that. Um, but it's about two brothers and two sisters. And they were raised by con men. And they all, yes, and they were brought into these cons as kids and they grew up and they came to know Christ except the oldest sister. And they wanted to kind of pay back what they did, even though they were kids, they just feel that. And so they became private investigators and they bust cons and scams and all the things that they used to have to be involved in. Um, so it's each book features a different sibling and kind of their path to healing and, uh, the oldest sister though, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with her. Love that. Well, I feel like you did a similar thing with your Alaskan courage. Like, I feel like we had that one brother that was yeah. like out there and we were like, I love those. I love the family threads. I mean, anybody who listens to the podcast, I'm like, and they have this really cool family dynamic and looking forward to that. Thanks. So what do you feel has been the biggest inspiration for this story? It's a good question. You know, actually a friend was asking me like, where did you get the idea for it? And I was like, it kind of came in little spurts, like over the past few years. So, um, I knew I wanted to write another family and I was looking at, I like to look at jobs first or professions. And I was like, I haven't done private investigators. That's kind of a fun thing to do. So, um, that's kind of where the private investigator part came in. I, he was a detective, but like, I love Columbo. I love murder. She wrote, I love, you know, all these different, you know, Stephanie Plum, all these different investigators that are kind of quirky. Um, and I thought, well, I'd like to do them as private investigators. And then my husband and I were in Vegas um, for a visit one time. And we went to David Copperfield show. And I was like, what if like there were people that like were illusionists, but really they were conning people and were scams. And then I just kind of went from there. Um, so I don't know how my mind just went from one to the other, but it was just these little bits of inspiration and it was like, Ooh, and then what if they pulled them in and then, you know, had this dysfunctional family. And, um, I had a very dysfunctional family, not con men, but just very dysfunctional in a number of ways. And so I thought, you know, what if it was a family coming from that situation and how would they deal with that as adults? And that's really kind of where it all came together for me. 
That's really cool. I also read this about Rosanna M. White's The Shadow Over England. I London. just heard about that today. Oh, and it, like just how you talk about like the family and they're doing right. Like that just so brings me back to the kind of like found family that she has in that. It's a little different, but like I yeah. love seeing those dynamics explored. I mean, Mentalist is one of my favorites who was a con oh, yes. investigator. So that's just yep. fun. It's fun when it's like, it's not like they're you know not that there's anything wrong with like the blue blood family but it's right. interesting to see you know what if they don't just have their whole family in law enforcement right so. exactly yeah now her series rosanna's is the one with the heist the woman that commits commits heist or is that a different series um well the one that i'm talking about it was like it's a few years old but it's like kind of like orphans who yes okay kind of thieves and then yes their redemption kind of stories because they were like a group uh, a family of thieves pretty much yeah. so yeah. yes a friend was actually telling me about that today ironically enough so i'm doing i have a steel um holiday steel giveaway that's starting next week and i was looking for books that would kind of go with the steel or heist theme and somebody recommended that series by rosanna so to include in the giveaway perfect yeah yeah I never, I never connected that series to this series, but now it's like, ooh, I can see it. Yeah. So um, how do you feel like this series has, um, series has really um, stretched you as a writer and a storyteller? Yeah, you know, it, it's been, it's been difficult in some ways. It's been fun, but, you know, like I mentioned, I came from a dysfunctional family, but in a very different kind of manner. So it was kind of tapping into some of the things that I went through as a kid with neglect and levels of abuse and that type of thing. So that was hard kind of going back through. But at the same time, you know, it's a very unique situation that they were raised in and trying to explore like all the layers that would possibly go into that mm -hmm. was, was, it was kind of hard. I mean, it did kind of stretch me in that sense of trying to figure out the, you know, the kind of opposite polar feelings they might have about different things. And, you know, they want one thing, but they feel another thing. And, and so just developing those complex relationships was, yeah. was uh, it took a lot of work, I think, to hit what I hope is the good, the right note. Yeah. And now like, you can not answer this if you feel it gets too um, like personal. Do you feel like this series has been like helpful or therapeutic or do you feel like yeah, more in your past and you're just explaining? Yeah, no, I think it has been therapeutic to be honest. You know, I hadn't really intended that when I set out, but wow. I think seeing them go through these things and then, you know, as as different characters reach a place of healing or hope or restoration, you know, that reminded me of God's work in my own life. Um, and so, yeah, I really, I feel like it has been um, therapeutic in a way I hadn't anticipated. Yeah. I, I find it so interesting how like the Lord brings certain authors, certain stories that they can tell in such a way that's like, it's so unique because you have a, um, you know if it is past experiences or you know mm -hmm. he, he, he brings that to you and maybe not right away but it's amazing how yes. he does that he orchestrates yep. 
I think he waited till now, you know, I've written a number of books and I think he went, okay, now you're ready. You know what I mean? And I'm like, are you sure I'm ready? I don't know. <laughs> but that, that was, I was about to ask that. I'm like, do you feel like this, like, this is the kind of story that you would have written when you started out? Or do you feel like it is? No, no. <laughs> I feel like it, it, he knows the right timing. I, I don't think I would have tackled this at, at starting out, to be honest. That is fascinating. So if we can look at some of the characters in this, it's like siblings and all that. Huh? So they're involved in this series, private investigators. What do you feel like as you were developing them, those specific character traits that really make them stand out or make them really good at their job? What do you think were things that did those come to you or did you like really plan those out? I did not plan them out. Um, I kind of just write and let the characters come to life. Um, and then it takes a lot of revisions for me to, to get it to like look like a book. But um, like first draft looks nothing like a book. Um, so yeah, I feel like they all have different qualities. But one of the th a couple of the things they all have in common is they have a high level of integrity. Um, they were raised without that. They have a high sense of justice um they have loyalty to one another um and you know they just having grown up kind of in a world of lies they're very very honest sometimes brutally so you know sometimes <laughs> it, it goes a little bit to, but but they value those things a lot um and then each one is kind of specialized in a certain area based on their experiences and their personalities so for example, in the first book, Christian is, um, he does, uh, he works heists or thefts and does security analysis. Um, and then uh, Deckard flat out like all cons and scams. And then Riley, who's in the second book, which I'm writing now is a skip tracer. Um, they, her family was on the run for so long, she knows how to hide so she can think about somebody who's on the run and how they would think. So yeah, it's been really fun um, getting to know each of the characters and how they're the similar and then how they're different. I love that kind of like team. It almost brings me to the, you know, like another like heist type thing was like leverage, how each yeah. person is like an individual, mm -hmm. but they, they don't always have the same skills, but they have, I like, love that. I always have people that are oh. like, what's something like leverage? <laughs> so that's so funny. Yeah, I forgot about that. We used to watch that years ago. It was a really good show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's one that they never like really re reproduced it with something similar. So it's just like yeah. that iconic show with that. Yes. Strokes and stuff. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and I okay, so I've been watching your social media and I've been looking at like the little teasers. It sounds like the villain in book one is like, a complex with riddles and everything so how mm -hmm. did you come up with that angle because I love it when there's like riddles to solve it's you know I feel like right. that adds because it gives a reader I feel like a chance mm -hmm. to figure it out yeah, yeah. Um, that and how do you feel like readers are going to enjoy that so um oddly enough um my daughter's favorite villain is um the Joker in Dark Knight 
and he speaks in riddles and he terrifies me in that movie <laughs> like i'm the biggest scaredy so she's like i'm like he freaks me out but when i was doing this i i wanted it to almost be like a game of chess in some ways mm -hmm. and i had to think of a way that the villain would communicate that and um honestly the joker came to mind and i thought well what if he's leaving riddles you know um that they need to figure out um to get to the next step and i think i hope readers will enjoy that because it does give them clues that they can try to figure out what the next step is too and how they'll string together so i i did i had a lot of fun with that aspect i'm not telling my daughter that's where i got the inspiration because she'll be like see <laughs> so she'll listen to this and call me out but <laughs> oh that is funny well i feel like also it's um it like goes to like a very brazen villain that is like a whole different step he's not just dodging it it's like he's taunting them and i feel like those villains are always so like they're so confident that they're not going to get caught yes exactly yeah those are those are some of my favorites where they're not just didn't just happen one day it's like no they're yes they're formidable so yes they're my favorite to read too so yeah agree. so with this group of siblings and everything can you give us because it is romantic suspense yes can you give us any like romantic dynamics or relationship that readers can anticipate without spoilers sure um so i would say in the first book you know it's basically opposites attract and okay. um, it's forced proximity mm -hmm. um and both the hero and the heroine have a past they're not proud of mm -hmm. but for very different reasons um so I would say that's kind of the dynamics between the characters in the first book. Um, and the second book that I'm writing now, it it's similar in that opposites attract. For some reason, I like that. Um, it's kind of a second chance story and it's the older brother's best friend type of story. And I really love doing those. Those are fun. Yeah, they really are. They're some of my favorite books to read. Well, I mean, that was shattered, right? Yes, it was. Yep. 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 Oh, that's fun. I know. I feel like the, the force proximity and the opposites tract are always so like fun because you get to see those different personalities. They aren't carbon copies of each other, mm -hmm. but, you know, and it's, it's fun to see strengths and weaknesses played mm -hmm. off of each other, especially in like a suspenseful situation. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So how many, how many, so is it, can you four. say it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a four book series? Yep. It's a four okay. book series. Yep. And, um, and are you releasing one per year? Is that yes. kind of one yeah. per year is the plan. Yep. All right. So can you share any challenges that you faced while crafting the romantic elements within this suspenseful plot and how you overcame them? Oh, really good question. Um, I tend to view the romance and the suspense woven together. Mm -hmm. So for example, like the romance progresses as the characters are under duress and under pressure. And I think it helps the romance kind of hit 
a deeper level sooner than it would not in that. Um, and then at the same time, I think, um, the suspense is heightened because you're caring kind of about the characters as they're trying to fall in love and, you know, they have all this to deal with. And so I, I kind of view them interwoven if that makes sense. It does. It's like one raises the stakes of the other. Yes. Yes, so, exactly. No, I, I definitely feel like that's a huge, a huge draw of it when they're so interwoven because yeah. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what do you feel like readers can expect in terms of the character of Vel um, development and the evolving relationship as the series progresses like do the characters I guess so because they're siblings in a team we're going to see like lots of cameos do we get to see them grow mm -hmm. yes yeah so the characters are the siblings are introduced um three of the siblings are introduced in the first book and they're throughout the series and there's probably an appearance by the fourth but um yeah just kind of the the dynamics between them and as they're changing and um as they're finding love and as they're going through these suspenseful periods i feel like it just it brings them closer um together and so it's been so much fun writing a family again i'd forgotten how much i really enjoy that yeah so do you have a favorite of the siblings but if you had to pick one. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's funny. I, you know, I love them all, but my favorite is Deckard, who you'll meet in book one, um, but his book doesn't happen for a little bit. And um, I don't know what it is, but he, he just kind of stole my heart. So um, he's definitely my favorite. So I'm rooting for his happily ever after. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah exciting so um and i've been kind of wondering about how because you know trying to come up with ideas to discuss about a suspense book you know you don't want to give too much away right but i'm wondering about like i don't know if you've seen it about many people asking or discussing the pros and cons to having trigger warnings for different topics in books and i know it's like yeah. depending on the genre what those trigger warnings would be right but I was, i'm curious to ask a suspense author what are your thoughts on how it can affect the su surprise element in the suspense genre because sure. sometimes the twist is can be considered the trigger how yeah. do you think about that as a writer that is a really tricky one, I think, when it comes to suspense. And so for me, I think if I was a reader and something had, you know, heaven forbid happened like a rape, I feel yeah. like that should have a trigger warning on it. Um, I feel like uh, certain topics like suicide and things like that, I feel like, you know, you don't want to give away a twist in something, but you definitely don't want somebody reading a book that's had one of these experiences and yeah. getting triggered. So I, I feel like there's like a, a line there and I feel like certain things definitely should have a trigger warning. Whereas yeah. other things, you know, like, you know, it's a scary book or the guys in our house or, you know, I mean, that's suspense. Yeah. And I don't know that that, that every situation would need to have a trigger warning, but there's definitely some that I feel should have one. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, suspense, I think, makes it a little tricky, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of goes to the question. It's like, I don't know if the people who read the trigger warnings are the same people who also don't read the back blurb. Because sometimes like the, right. like the back blurbs are very much like crafted to give you a hint sometimes yes. of what's in the story. So yes. Yes, that's know. true. That's very true. I had a fellow author friend um, who had something in her book. It was a very small amount in her book, but a reader emailed her and, and said, you know, hey, this really triggered me. So she did go ahead and add a trigger warning, but she hadn't thought it was going to be like anything to the extent that it would trigger somebody. So as authors, I think, you know, we have to be very... Um, thoughtful about what might trigger other people. And at the same time, if something's, you know, a very small aspect, it's kind of hard to figure that, that I think we're all trying to figure that out. Right. Yeah, I know. And it, I think it, yeah, goes to the thing of, like you said about really serious, really traumatic events, especially if it's yes. happened to somebody. I mean, I, not to downplay the word trigger, but like sharks in books where they're trapped right. in the water with them are like my biggest fear. So believe me, right. I was curling up my toes with <laughs> coastal guardians. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I know where this is going when she said that. <laughs> I mean, it was by the water, so I, you know, but yeah, yeah. it's kind of like. <clears throat> Yeah, I can totally understand how that is. Thank you for sharing your opinion with that. It's, sure. it's always interesting to get authors' opinion on how yeah. that's affecting them and how, do you feel like that affects what you put in books? That's a good question. I am, I would say I'm more conscientious about that since that has been kind of a factor. That's, I mean, it's really kind of new with the trigger warnings, at least in, you know, the writing circles I'm in that like that hasn't been prevalent and right. it's getting more so. So yeah, I do think through things before I add them in books to think, okay, this is going to need a trigger warning. D does this, is it necessary to the story? You know, if it's not necessary or really kind of what the story has been built around, then, you know, is it possible to just leave that out? You know, it's, it's weighing all those factors. So I, I definitely think it does make me think about it. Yeah. Do you feel like now with the way social media is with books that there's a closer like bridge where um, readers are view, um, like voicing, able to voice that opinion and get it to, I mean, for good and for bad to, for um, towards authors about like something like trigger warnings? Yes, I think it is very much so. Yeah, I think it was, it was very different before social media. So Yes, I think that can be voiced and spread and, you know, kind of take on a life of its own in some ways when that when that happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yes, the world is definitely changing with the tough publishing. Very much so. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So so if you were to like imagine your ideal reader that re would read your books but they have not yet picked up one of your books. What do you feel would be comparative authors or similar books that they would already be reading? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I would say um, Lynette Eason would be a good one. Um, we've done a couple of novella um, collections together. So um, I would say Lynette Eason, Irene Hannon, I think, 
some of my books have kind of shifted a little more towards the thriller line. So more like Terry Blackstock line a little bit. They, they have a strong romance in them, but I feel like they've kind of shifted a little bit between suspense and thrillers. So I would say those are kind of the three um, that I would navigate towards if, if somebody had asked me. Okay. Have you read, um, have you read any books or anticipating any books that you're, you're like really looking forward to? Do you even have time to read much? <laughs> yeah. So I'm funny. I don't read in my genre when I'm writing, I'm like terrified of osmosis. So I will read a lot of nonfiction and I'll read out of my genre. So for example, like Karen Wittemeyer, like every book that comes out, I read Julie Clausen, every book that comes out, I read, like I have go-to authors um jody headland and um but then when i'm waiting to hear back on revisions or i'm on, at the beach i will like binge read a handful of books in my genre and i love them so you know it's 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 hard to keep up with some some write so fast like lynette is amazing i don't know how she writes so fast and uh you know but yeah i i i kind of go to readers that i always go to i mean i always go to terry no matter what she has out i love her books and um you know colin coble books i really enjoy diane mills there's just so many good suspense writers out there that it's hard to keep up with them all so it is. it's yeah. like yeah it's great but also a little bit daunting like oh my goodness I feel like I'm missing out you know the fear of missing right? out exactly that's true that isn't I think you're the second um <clears throat> author that I've heard that doesn't read in her genre while writing that's oh just, really that was, oh, that was something that I never thought of before that first yeah. author mentioned it and I'm like I didn't even think of that it's hard to think of like Danny Petrie reading Karen Widmeyer like it just, yeah, it, it just right different world but I yes. guess <laughs> yeah no it's yeah I love Karen's I mean she's got the best sense of humor in her books and but yeah usually you put suspense authors with suspense authors and yeah, yeah I totally get that so you just, yeah. you just you're just sitting there in your writing cave always reading thrillers <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> yeah Oh, that is awesome. So is there anything else that you would love to share with listeners about this book, what you hope that it um, brings to them as mm -hmm. consumers? Um, I think, you know, somebody was asking me about the theme in them and, and kind of, you know, where I was going with that, um, with the story. And I think it really centers on um, forgiveness Mm -hmm. in a number of ways and also on God's mercies being new every day. So I really hope readers take away hope and um, the reminder that every day is a new day with God. So. Oh, I love that. Something that we always need, no matter what, yeah. you know, it's like, I love it how those books find you in that place where you need to hear that. So yeah. that sounds fantastic. Well, thank cool. you so much for chatting with me. And where can readers follow you, sign up for <laughs> newsletters if you have them, all of that stuff? Yeah. So my website, dannypetry.com, um, is a great place to start. It's got where they can sign up for my newsletter and they can email me through it. I love to hear from readers. Um, I'm also most active on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. And that's it. 
Danny Petrie as well for your yep. Instagram? Okay. Yep. Um, Instagram's author Danny Petrie. Okay. Only because my original one got hacked. So they had to make me redo it. But yes. <laughs> it's like love Instagram <laughs> for that. I know. It's like, oh, getting back. I know. Well, I love this. Thank you so much again for chatting and so looking forward to the Jeopardy Falls. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me again. I always enjoy coming on. So I appreciate it. My pleasure. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, may your TBR be unending. Thank you.